0: friends to another episode of categorically insane we have a another special edition for you this is our sort of somewhere around new year's tacular uh, <laughs> where we are looking at another film this time that is definitely i basically think it is essentially a romance novel that you don't have to read it's basically yep, yep. that's what it is <laughs> yes. uh Indeed. It is 1992's fabulous sports enemies to lovers film The Cutting Edge. Yay. And as always I am Jennifer and I am joined by Amber and we have a special guest. Our special guest
1: is Jessica. Woohoo.
0: Hey, she's
1: Welcome nurse. Jessica. <laughs> she's a nurse so she could she's the one who told me that she doesn't know what a lotion room is. <laughs> so now, now, we have a good authority that no one knows what a lotion room is. <laughs> Whatever it might one, have been, it sounds horrifying. Or, no, it was the <laughs> second book. Yeah.
2: Well, and uh, another note I'll um, I'll make is that Amber and I have been friends since just after this movie came out. Yeah. So that's a long time.
1: What January of nineteen ninety three?
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And this came out around. <laughs> Monday, so.
1: Yep. Yeah. How many? I, I think we've watched this movie together so many times. Oh, oh yes. Yes. I've seen this movie probably like 200 times, no kidding. So,
2: and do yourself a favor don't Google DB Sweeney because he did not age well.
1: Um, I, I never thought DB Sweeney was attractive. Well, he was kind of attractive in this movie. I know. Well, he's way more your type than mine. Yeah, I like him, you know, whatever. Like <laughs> Hail, if I had to pick someone, Hail is more my type. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so this story starts at the what is it 1988 olympics yeah it must be so part the 1980 something late 80s olympics and we've got well you know what i have to make a, a, a reflection first i just last night while i was watching it i just for the first time really did some math in my head these two are so young they are they, I noticed that watching this, I was like, "They are yeah, like." Yeah, I never noticed before. Jennifer, did you do any math on their ages? I did not. They have to be twenty-two, something like yeah. that. It's like baby, really? babies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ba- yeah, babies. They're babies. That that makes sense, though. I mean, an Olympic career. Doesn't I go mean, aside late. from the fact yeah. that he looks
1: conservatively forty. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he's supposed to be like twenty-two or something because he's a he's a sophomore in college. They say which makes him like 19. Yeah. And then I did the math from when she met her coach and how long she said she's been skating. And, he, and she's maybe, when they're skating together, 21, maybe? Huh. I just couldn't believe how, how young they are, which, you know, does kind of define some of their behaviors better. <laughs> and, and his brother has to be like 50. What is going on there? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So we got the 1988 Olympics or 80-something. He His name's Doug. Douglas Dorsey. Doug Dorsey, yes. he got Doug Dorsey, and he is he is constantly sleeping around. He's a total ban whore. He he wakes up and he's freaking out because it's one o'clock. He can't remember.
2: Let me me interject. Sorry. So DB Sweeney was 31 when that movie was came out. Well, he looks 31. (laughs) Yeah. And then Moira Kelly, who is the girl, was 24.
1: Yeah, she looks very young. She looks young enough to be at the right age yeah yeah and he gets out of bed uh he's freaking out he's mad that the lady didn't set the alarm but she's german so when he said set the alarm for nine no german of course the word for no is nine so she didn't set the alarm and so he's he can't remember her name he runs off toward she's mad because he can't remember her name but he doesn't care because that's kind of person he is he runs off toward the Ice skating rink in the Olympic Village. And then we switch to Kate, who is having trouble with her partner, who is a ridiculously cliched gay man named Brian. (laughs) He's having trouble, or she's having trouble. One of them, both of them, are having trouble with this move. And then she gets in a fight with her coach. And he says he wants to see her butt in the air. And she (laughs) says that until her partner can figure out how to lock his grip, then uh this will have to do. And she like flips up her skirt and skates away. She's going down the ice or off the side of the ice uh, out of the stadium. And he comes running by and he hits her, and knocks her over. And then he says, does this go out to the ice? Doesn't apologize to her or anything. She's like, what? And He's like, does this go out to the ice? And she's like, something like, were you born in a barn or something? And then he says, honey, where I'm from, we stand for the national anthem, That's- which is like such a dick move. It totally is. I'm like, you knocked her over and then you're going to insult her like she's done something wrong for being on the ground when you're the one who put her there?
0: Well, that was kind of something. I mean, and again, we've all read this novel, right? Where it's like, oh, the perfectionist who just needs the cowboy from across the lake to come and ruffle her feather. You know what I mean? We've all read this book. But I was like, hey, movie, I'm on her side so far. Yeah, he's a total dick. And as the
1: movie goes on, you know, there's some justifications for the way that she behaves. There really isn't one for him. And well, I was thinking last night that if, if this had happened and he had been okay, like we had pro- not proven that he was at like a giant walking penis before he gets the injury, then I could say this is what he's upset because he's now like stuck in this blue collar existence. His only chance has been taken away. You know, I could understand why he'd be upset about that yada yada but that's right not proven. he's like that before it ever happens the guy is just a dick
0: right and i think that it's it's that same thing that we've talked about before in the books and you know we were actually jessica and i were having this conversation before we even started where it's like the only reason this is, I'm, the only reason that this is considered attractive is because the language of the movie tells me that it is.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not attractive. And I mean, I think that watching it critically, I think that they actually do go through some really great, uh, really great arc. Yes, that makes them to, to very different people, and I honestly think that of, of a lot of the movies I've watched, these two really belong together more than a lot of people I've seen in in movies and things. I mean, I think they actually really understand each other. I, I would think they're agree. More equally yoked. Yeah, I think they get each other like on a on a like cosmic level. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I anyway. I would agree. I I do think though that the movie a little bit, and this I also think is true of books that follow the same set of tropes, is that there's not a lot of, it's like, oh yeah, she's such a pill and difficult. It's like, yeah, dude, she's a world-class athlete. Do you seriously think that Tom Brady is all hugs and smiles during football practice? Like definitely not. (laughs) Like, yeah, she's a world-class athlete who is struggling at the top of the top of the top tier of her sport and clamoring for one medal out of what hundred and fifty people across the entire globe. And Come I think on. he just doesn't get it in general because he doesn't even try. He
1: loves doing it. It's you know fun for him. So right. But what was weird to me about this scene, this this opening scene, which I'm I'm focusing on a lot because I think it's a, a good opening scene to show us who these people are. He they don't seem to remember each other ever. Well, except she says you're that hockey player. But I don't think she means it in that way. She says it like she she means it like she knows him from the accident oh. or like she read about it at the Olympic village or whatever.
2: I guess I always assumed that it was from that meeting, but yeah,
1: you're right. They don't act she like she doesn't look angry. Remember. She just looked like, Oh yeah. It's weird to me that neither one of them remember that. <laughs> I mean, I, I would remember it happened to be fair. I don't think she has the kind of face blindness I do, but to be fair, I would remember it happened. And I would probably never remember what that person looked like mm. ever. I'd be like, you know, it was some white guy with brown hair because all white guys with brown hair look the same to me bridgerton oh my gosh i can't tell them apart well they do look very similar to be I fair. was watching it with mike and i'm like which one is that they really <laughs> do look one? alike <laughs> i can't tell i have like white guy face blindness or something so i mean i doubt i'd be able to pick him out but i would certainly never forgot it happened but you're anyway. such a racist against white guys i know but i can only i can tell what part <laughs> of china people are from I know. Yes. <laughs> I can't White guys with brown hair part. So, you know, hey. So he is in a the game. Everyone's talking about how amazing he is and how he's the future of hockey. And like 10,000 people want him to sign up for their teams. And he's a, they call him the... Minnesota machine or something like that. yeah they are all talking about how phenomenal he is as a player and yada yada and he's like trying to get out of the box and he is sweaty which is the first of every scene in this movie where this man is just inexplicably wet. oh yeah what is going on
0: I'm like why is he so wet every moment of this movie I I have to say this just so much of the visuals in this beginning part of the movie though, Took me back to those old Harlequid presents. You know what I mean? Like the the descriptors of that time. Oh yeah. yeah his, for the like clothing. arrogant attitude and whatever. Yeah, and he's definitely oh, yeah, prototypical. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, I I think I'm with Jess on this one. I I was I was I was here for Doug. I was okay. I was like, <laughs> I will also forgive you an inordinate amount of toxic behavior for a few minutes <laughs>
1: that's Stop funny it. i think he's gross <laughs> but i mean like physically he, i find him very unappealing i mean mm. later he's like okay but not my type for sure so they're waiting to let him out of the penalty box he gets out he's playing i don't know this movie films everything like we have no idea what's happening and i'm sure it's just to keep us from having to see the actor's faces and feet at the same time yeah but it's just choppy little bits of things happening Sometimes it's black and white, inexplicably. He gets in an accident. Uh, I think there's like kind of, he gets knocked against the wall and I think people can't stop themselves and they all hit him.
2: Yeah. And somehow his helmet's not on right. And I'm wondering if that's because he was in a hurry, like he was late. He didn't fasten it right or something. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Because I I was thinking about
2: about that as a nurse, like he could have been protected a lot more, but it was just like loosely hanging around his head. So I don't know.
1: Maybe it's normal for them to come off if they get hit too hard. I really
2: don't know. I don't think so. I think the goal, I mean, because like I've seen a motorcycle accident, the goal is to stay on the head so that your head's not exposed to anything. But I know he things.
1: was like hours late, so that's probably a good supposition. Everybody's like shocked and, you know, his helmet goes away and gets across the ice and we know he's been hit. Oh, you go to Kate and her partner and they're skating and there's a mess up. She can't get her leg up and she falls and does not get back up, which I think is really weird.
2: And this is a thing that I, is, annoying about this movie and I understand why they did it, but how it's all dark. And then there's just spotlight on the skaters. And I know they did that because they want it, you know, they had stand-ins or whatever.
1: Yeah, so exactly. That, that's what I mean. So but they annoying with all these weird cuts or they film it from, you know, in the dark or from far away. Yeah. There's one time where Doug is skating and that's like screamingly not Doug, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, they just film it in a lot of uh, really interesting ways to avoid us seeing.
0: I thought that they actually did a pretty good job though. Like, I mean, obviously you knew at some points that it wasn't them, but I thought that they, for that the amount of standard. time, yeah, I am supposed to believe that these people are doing something that they clearly are not doing. I was pretty impressed.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think that the actors themselves actually can skate pretty well. They just probably can't do the big stunts.
1: Lyra Kelly looks like she is some rich girl from Connecticut who could ice skate. <laughs> totally. I don't know if she is, but that's what she looks like. She looks like that in every movie that she was in back then. Yeah, definitely. So she falls on the ice. She doesn't get back up, which I think is so weird. I, I think that as an athlete or a performer of any kind, that's the first thing you do. All I can guess is she must be like two days or she just sad or upset. I don't know. I don't know, but you'd still get back up.
0: See, I read that as like, it's no longer perfect. Therefore it's no longer worth doing.
1: Maybe we're watching Christmas Perfection.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I actually can't tell you how many times I thought perfection is the enemy of done.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That is really funny. The next scene, that's a doctor and he's telling Doug he has a blind side, which doesn't matter in real life, but it matters in hockey because there's pucks flying at your head. 18 degrees uh, of peripheral vision loss. Yeah. Yeah, which would do nothing for most people, but he can't play hockey anymore then it skips to two years in the future
2: doug is in denial because he thinks that maybe somebody will still recruit him and he keeps like he's still playing hard and trying you know writing letters to all the teams and then they all like you know one by one are telling him no thanks
1: i I thought it was weird that his brother said that the letter was going to say go piss up a rope have you ever heard someone say that ever i have yes not oh in your area. Okay. I guess I live in some weird world where people don't say, go piss up a rope.
0: <laughs> I I actually, I have to say, I think this was a part of the movie that I, I actually thought it was really smart character development. Cause I think like, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about the book, right? It's uh-huh. the book version of this. And I think one of the things that this movie does that a lot of books in a similar vein don't do is they will show the hero being angry but they very yeah. rarely show the hero being like vulnerable yeah yeah and it actually made me more on board for his character when at the beginning i was kind of like yeah you're hot yeah. but like ugh. now i was like okay i, I get, don't I get like it
1: doug now. actually i think doug is okay and, and he proves <clears he hurts> himself <throat> to be okay in some other situations too so yeah well,
2: and i actually I like mean. the complexity of the brother relationship too i think it's yeah. the actor was very good I thought the brother
1: was and very brother good is and... like possibly his dad I don't know he's so much older than him oh so he's only 10 years older than him in real life but but was he supposed to be 20 years older than him as a brother I mean he looks so old I don't understand he does but I, I just wonder if it's because he doesn't
2: have all of his hair and stuff
0: but it's like know. that what? early 90s way of aging men you know what I mean where we were supposed yeah. to believe that Kelsey Grammer was, you know, <laughs> in the prime of his life. <laughs> and I was like, that man was born looking 55.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was
1: an old man at birth. Yes, yeah. yeah. My kid looked old, like an old man at birth. So, <laughs> Seth, he came out looking like an old man. Yeah. Yes. He lives in a, I think it's Duluth, but it's just clearly a very, like very blue collar kind of uh factory type yes. area. His father, or his father, See, here I go. His brother owns a bar called the Penalty Box, which to like for the drive home, how obsessed these people are with hockey. And he yep. does say later that the whole town is obsessed with hockey. So I've never been to Duluth, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take his word for it. Apparently they're all obsessed with hockey. He,
0: I don't know, he's doing construction work, I think. Construction and working in a factory. Yeah, he's definitely working yeah, so in a factory, yeah. you can really see. And if this had been the point where he was, like, just a
1: dick all the time, then I would have been like, yeah, I get it. But actually, the way they relate to each other, I'm, like, kind of okay with the way he treats her, except for, like, at the beginning where he's being all pervy and weird. <laughs> but the the kind of the way they talk to each other is actually makes sense to me. So, so he is going to go play in some bar league. His brother wants him to help. They're getting a fight. I don't know, his brother says, make your own sandwich. Anyway, he and his brother are getting a fight. He's opening another letter saying that he's, you know, been rejected again because he can't play hockey. But he's not accepting that. And it's yeah. like the last, the last like, NHL team. I think he still skates all the time. He plays in a factory hockey league or something. Then we see Kate and she's auditioning a new partner and treating him like garbage because she treats everyone like garbage. But to be fair, he's clearly not as good a skater, and you know she's... She- Amber, I she can. has laundry that can skate better than that guy. I know. Evie said she should wash her laundry more. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> but uh, I, I I always make Evie watch these movies with me, Evie and Mike. <laughs> That's awesome. I, Although that did turn into me having to explain to her what foreplay means. <laughs> oh, oh you nice. Know, <laughs> you know, because she she's she's pretty uh completely asexual so she has like zero curiosity about anything sexually related so even though she's 17 this is not even a term she's ever heard so she's like what is foreplay i was like uh trying to explain it because jilly was in the room too oh not in a like really gross way (laughs) I was like, so it's like people who are gonna have sex like soon, but they're like kind of like making out and jazz. Yeah, like we're like revving.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> like, you know, uh, if we lived in an area where there was snow, and you know how sometimes before you drive away, you want to make sure the car is started and warmed up. It's like that, yeah. but with people. Yeah, it's like That's-
2: preheating the oven.
0: Yeah, there you go. That. I usually refer to it as priming the pump, but yes, boom.
2: No.
1: Oh, Amber. <laughs> it's like you know you have to but
2: like that's that's really gross it
1: <laughs> has to be ready <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah she she's real rude to the guy he leaves and then the dad comes in and he's like and I actually thought this movie didn't it wasn't so 90s that there were a lot of things that were really egregiously dated or inappropriate I agree, but I, I do think that you know a man casually calling a woman the b-word is kind of a you yeah know, i so didn't love probably, that you probably wouldn't see that now anyway so the coach is talking to the dad and he's like you should have been making her single skater <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is true because she's really hard to work with and he's like <laughs> he's like what about spindler who's i guess another skater and he says before spindler say before he'll skate with her he sleep with a guy garlic wear garlic and, garlic, and, sleep, with neck and sleep with a, a wooden stake with cross like i think that. yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's obviously got a reputation for just being hideous and no one wants to skate with her. And the coach says he's hit the bottom of the barrel and the dad says find another barrel. And thus we have our plot.
0: Yeah. And again, I I I think that I find the same questions of these tropes that you do, you know, when you read them. And I go back to it's okay for him to show up hours late and whatever right that's that's cool he's still on the ice and that's all fine but she's not she's at the top of her game yeah and, and she has no agency right and it's like oh man you're not working with these people who are very clearly not as good at their job as you are yeah and how dare you not just accept that? Yeah, so that we exactly. Can you to make money off of you, uh, you know. And I feel like she, like I said, I feel like she's a lot more justified in all of her behavior. Yes, yeah. Like I
1: feel her, like she has undue pressure on her all the time. She doesn't even want to be doing it. She's her dad does she's not care better yeah. than everyone else. And right. she just she's been doing it. You know, when she doesn't want to for all of these years, and other people can't even try hard enough to keep up with that. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Like and also. Who- not for nothing, but I'm like 30% sure her other partner dropped her on purpose. <laughs> awesome. like, Absolutely. You can, you can I, I think it's supposed to be her fault.
1: You well, can't assume it was supposed to have been her fault from, right. based on from later in the movie. Yeah, yes.
0: I mean, I'm sure, but I Just also think- Dropped like, her on purpose multiple times. Right, I also think, but again- I mean, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And obviously, you know, dear listener, we speak from and come from a place of willing suspension of disbelief. Oh, my God. This one is of like these one of my movies. favorite
1: movies. So uh, say what you will, I love this movie.
0: Right. And no, and I think that it's a really, it is a really fun sports romantic comedy that does all of the things that it is supposed to do. But I did find it, I'm like, so. So let me get this straight, person who has had a career-ending injury. You are perfectly okay with potentially causing a career-ending injury to this other athlete? Yeah. Like, and I know I'm getting, putting the cart up before the horse a little bit, but like... I think maybe he's just not thinking about it, but... Right, but I also think like in the language of the movie, right, his career-ending injury is like, look at all of this trauma. And it goes back to the books too, right? You know, how many of these books have we read where the woman has lost everything and married an abusive husband and had to work 15 jobs to take care of her evil stepmother. And the man is like, do you remember when you kissed me at prom and then ran away? And we're like, these (laughs) two things are not equal. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm kind of thinking about. We're like, his career-ending injury is somber and a source of character development. Whereas her falling on her ass is like, oh, oh that yeah. poor sap just can't do the lift the right way. Oh. Yeah,
1: like she's a, a prop for the situation or something. Right. So the next thing, he's uh on a house or whatever he's building and he's hammering in a way that no one has ever hammered. <laughs> Hanging up, hanging from it like a—he's he's like like he's a freaking sloth and he can't hit the nail. Yeah, he tries right. The <laughs> he's talking to the guy, and it's completely useless because he cannot hit it. Who, who would build a house like that? It's gotta be the most inefficient way to try to build something that I have ever seen. Get a ladder, Doug. What is he even hammering together? I don't know. Something that's already supported enough that he
0: can hang on it like a sloth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know how he even got up there because there's no ladder anywhere nearby. I was <sighs> like, "Is this literally
0: the gratuitous arm shot for the?" For yes. The, like, yeah, I don't know. Is it's this so the thirst gross. trap arm shot for the audience?
1: <laughs> and of course Ooh, look he's at dirty his sweaty
0: because he's always dirty and sweaty <laughs> for it. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I was like, like
1: "Yep." I guess I'm just not a dirty sweaty person. <laughs> I don't know. That does not do it for me, but he says you know what's this about you Goof on my brother buys you a beer or whatever and he's like what means Wait, you, you didn't say you this, this yet that Pomchenko,
2: her coach comes
1: oh he says to- i've been watching you skate you're bigger than i think or something like that
2: oh yeah and, and, and then he's like, get him.
1: he's like what are you a sweet and he's like no i'm russian and he's like gets really excited and thinks he's from some team he jumps down and he's like Oh, I'm not from the, I'm not, I'm not skating coach I'm not a hockey coach. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, maybe nothing. And then he like pulls skates out of it and hands them to him and he's all, these are figure skates and he looks disgusted. <laughs> and then the next thing you see, he's in a um, limousine and going to Connecticut. And we pull up to her very nice house and she's skating on the ice and he comes in and they have a, a cervic discussion where she can't believe he's there, he asks. She asks, which I think is funny, but also like, you know, pretty inappropriately rude. But she asks the coach if this is the final stages of Ukrainian alcohol psychosis. <laughs> so I guess the, uh, I guess the coach is Ukrainian, not uh, Russian. But I mean, at the time, oh, it would have been yeah. Russian either way. So, oh, but maybe at the time, I don't remember when the USSR fell apart. No, it would have been. It would have been Russian at the time. So, yeah. Doug is being really gross. <laughs> He's just eyeing her like she's a piece of meat and putting his hands on her in very creepy ways.
2: But then she's like, oh, your hands are soaked. Do you soak them in battery acid? And he goes, I've never had any
1: complaints. I know. He's like, it's not gross that he would say that or whatever. I mean, I don't inherently have a problem with rough hands. What's gross is the way that he says it. Yeah, just assuming this one wants to bang him, which I guess has been his universal experience or whatever, but it's really gross. I mean, and when he puts his hands on her, it's just nasty. He like, it's very violating to
0: me. And I don't know that it's meant to be. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's meant to be like it's gross? I think that it's meant to be like the trope again of you're just uptight. Let me show you, you know what I mean? We're supposed to be like, oh, he's going to help her relax.
1: When so she's supposed to be uptight, and but it's really, I guess, I'm
2: uptight too because that's gross. Part of him being lecherous is to lay the foundation that he's like an unrepentant playboy. Yeah, they try
1: skating, he can't keep up. She asks who he thinks he is or something because he insults her and he says, I'm, <laughs> I'm a guy who came a long way from for lunch, and she says, Don't let me keep you from the
0: trough. Yeah, which is very
1: funny, actually. I-
0: I like, I think that Moira Kelly does a great job in this. She does. She does. does. She does a great
1: job of playing that particular character. I think it's uh, kind of what she plays in a lot of movies of that time period. Not, you know, specifically rude, but high class.
0: I love how she's basically Nancy Kerrigan.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's funny.
2: For a romance, she's a very strong character.
1: Yes. She is a very strong character. Yes. And her motivations are very clear. Mm -hmm. You know, we
0: understand a lot about her. She is a character, a a female character that ages better 30 years out from from the movie. Whereas, like in many other romantic comedies, a lot of times the female characters don't. No, their characterization ages poorly. But this one, she aged quite well.
1: And I mean, I clearly think that that what we're supposed to get from her behavior is that this is why everyone thinks she's a witch. But really, it's just that she's in our day and age. Now we would see her as someone who cares about perfection and, you know, doing what she's doing right. Well, and has boundaries boundaries and has like, yeah, but at the time, this was probably code for this is why everyone thinks she's horrible. And that would have been somehow justified in the mindset.
0: Right. Well, it's the whole idea of assertive versus bossy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's but also he is bossy though, right? But I think that if she, if if we watched this movie about a man, it would be all about his relentless quest to be the best and how noble it was, and how other people needed to yeah. get on his level.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah.
0: And but I also the quest
1: to be the best means that she's a, a harpy,
0: <laughs> right? Right. They they have their
2: snipping little fight he falls over and over again because the skates are different yeah so what it does is put him because he came in cocky and and self-assured and then
1: he had She a does tell him that she says toe pick once the, the the scene where she keeps getting higher and higher and higher is later <laughs> okay she does tell him it's a toe pick and then she says toe pick when he falls over she he goes in to speak to the dad and the dad telling him that Pemchenko is the greatest judge of of skating talent in the world and that he brought him there so he should be flattered or whatever and he gives him a check for looks like $20,000 but what do you guys think?
0: I didn't that would see, make sense. But that'd be I great. I was looking really hard. I was
1: like,
2: "Do you need me to come try yeah, out?" Yeah. I'll exactly. put skates
1: on. I'll take $20,000 just to skate around in a circle. <laughs> I will totally do that. But then they're like, the guy says he can't find a pressure player in the bunch. You know, everyone folds under pressure and someone is, as the coach, the coach is ridiculous. He's like, you know, this one's too tall. This one's too short. This one sweats too much. This one doesn't sweat enough.
2: He's (laughs) taking their bios and crumpling them up and throwing them towards the container by the fire.
1: And repeatedly (laughs) missing it. Yeah. So he throws it and the guy says, lucky hit the dad. And he's like double or nothing. And then he crinkles up the check and throws it and then they come out laughing and you know having a man-to-man conversation he's staying for a while because obviously hit it and that shows that he's a pressure player because whatever he was willing to crumple up his check and throw it in
0: yeah which i am sorry if my romantic partner came home and was like you know what babe i had a man give me a twenty thousand dollar check today and i could have left and taken it and cashed it. But in order to prove my masculinity and preserve my pride, I threw it and show that I could throw paper in a direction. I threw it into the fire. I would be single. (laughs) Like I watched that and I was like, man, I am living in 30, I am living three decades after this. Yeah, I but... would hundo p take twenty grand and like oh yeah, it would change he's my not... life. Yeah.
1: yeah. To, to be fair, I think that what he's trying to do is prove that he's a pressure player, that he can handle the pressure of uh, being in the Olympics or whatever.
0: Yeah, I get but... that, but I was like, bro, yeah, you know. are just bitching about your life. It is ridiculous. And then they come out like, ho
1: ho ho, we're men, enjoying ourselves in a manly way. Yes. <laughs> so...
0: And it's the early nineties and throwing $20,000 into a fire is a joke that people will laugh at and no one will cry.
2: (laughs) I was struck by how she didn't have a say. So she had asked him to go, right? Yeah. She had no say in anything ever. The dad and,
1: and he just decided that he was going to stay. Yeah. She, She clearly has no say in anything. She didn't pick her coaches. She didn't pick anything. Her only say is that she be as good as possible at everything. This is literally the only control this woman has. Right. Well, really, her only control is to fail. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I guess she doesn't really see it that way. Well, she so does she's later. Like trying to be control, uh, like trying to be the best at everything. That's like the only option that she gets. Right. Yeah. So they start doing their thing and they're practicing. It's like a lot of practicing. This whole show is people skating, <laughs> which or is human- great. I mean, I love skating. <laughs> working with the ballet
2: master to get him to be more loose and not like a neanderthal
1: which is what he looks like in the beginning he does look like (laughs) i said he was a neanderthal earlier and then at some point he says that minnesota's south of neanderthal what does that mean
0: (laughs) i think it's a joke that he doesn't know what that word means mike is like mike was like is he saying that canadians are neanderthals (laughs) like i
1: don't know know what he's saying That insult makes zero sense to me. I'm so confused. They're both extremely competitive. And this is where you really start to get that they, she's in, I think she's enjoying herself because she has someone to be competitive with that, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not being forced into it. Like this is actually enjoyable for her. But also he's not intimidated by her,
2: which I think the other guys.
0: Yeah. And I think that she enjoys the fact that he takes the sport seriously.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he wants to be excellent. Yeah, he loves it. He loves skating and it's not that different. I mean, it's different enough that he has to practice a bunch, but I mean, you know, being on the ice.
0: I think that it actually, this is the piece of a lot of, again, I keep going back to in a lot of the novels that follow a lot of these tropes. This is the piece that a lot of times is missing because I started to believe that these two people could absolutely fall in love with each other because Uh they aren't building on just the physical attraction. Right. They're building on the respect.
1: And they're the same person. They understand each other. Yes. The way that their brains work is very similar, even though they're from two very different backgrounds. Right. They are people who want to be the best. They're people who want to win. They're extremely competitive and, and they really appreciate that about each other. Which i never noticed before this time watching when I was watching it critically, I was like, yeah, these two really, um, I could see why they're together. Right. And Uh, I I think, think that they would be successful together. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And I also think that the movie shows that, yeah, maybe she is spoiled and maybe she is difficult, but she's also incredibly dedicated and an incredibly hard worker at her sport. So maybe she's earned a little bit of that. Yeah, and I think she's earned a lot more respect than anybody gives her. Right.
1: And I think the reason she's spoiled is because her dad just gives her things to make her keep doing what he
0: wants her to do. Right, I don't think it's like, that, that's something I think too, that I don't know if we are reading it in with our 2021 eyes, or if the movie is really this subtle. I'm not really sure. I'll probably have to watch it again. But I think that it's not really that she's spoiled. It's that she's, She's caged, yeah, yeah and like the Absolutely. only thing she can do, like it, it, it's like I one of you said a few minutes ago, like she exerts the only control that she can, which is if you're going to make me do this, you're going to find me the best possible partner,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, she says at the beginning, when she skates away from her father and like leaves and runs into Doug, she says, I'll be in my cells, so I mean, you know, suggesting. I'm in prison or whatever,
0: right? And well, like, I'm, I'm. Yeah. She's not really wrong.
1: No, <laughs> no, well, she's not. Think
2: that that Doug presents the
1: first peer relationship she's ever had, right? Yeah, but also a peer relationship with someone who is equal to her as well, right? Well, that's what I'm I mean, sure she's had. A, I'm sure she had a peer relationship with Brian, but he's not aggressive. But he wasn't about.
2: her peer. Do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is the first person that's really at her level. Yeah. Personality wise, intelligence wise, yeah, I mean, wise, obviously, competition all these wise, people.
1: I mean, it's not just there's that they're good enough skaters; they're just not aggressive enough. Like they're just right. not, yeah. So
2: they don't have the drive or the ambition or whatever. Yeah,
1: and I, and I so also they're think they're fighting each other to see who can get to the to the rink faster in the morning. In the morning they're working out together and see you could like live more and they're just so sweaty oh my gosh <laughs> there's just sweat everywhere it's like flying through the air while they're working out. <laughs> I'm like that is so much sweat
2: yeah there was a lot of sweat even she was sweaty
1: yeah yeah they well, were just, I'm I mean, shocked that they showed sweaty, it but
0: I'm shocked that they showed her being sweaty
1: yeah her he's
0: always sweaty like
1: literally every moment at one point I did ask why is he always wet when she brought the or when he brought her this the sweater or the game shirt but we're not there yet. They're just competing each other with everything. They're obviously getting And that's really, a montage. So it's just yeah. music showing but them it, competing. It's two
0: montages right in a row. Uh well we needed a sports training montage. Yeah, there's like a every 90s movie. Montage.
1: And I can't remember what the second montage is, but there's two right Well in there's row, a rehearsal.
2: I say rehearsal, there's a practice montage. And then there's like a competing montage where they're trying to race each other to the, to get there on time. And
1: I mean, what we're getting told is that they're both very competitive and they're trying to beat each other at everything, which is of course making them really good. Doug is, is becoming (laughs) much more normal as they go. And, you know, she's like softening up a little. So They're, like, doing less abject, like, horrible barbs. (laughs) But they're actually really funny. Their discussions with each other where they're insulting each other are actually super funny.
0: Yeah, and I I thought he did a very good job. Like, I believed him very much as this character.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times when when people sniff at each other in movies or books, it's just
0: dumb. Yes.
1: Oh, man. I thought this was well-written. Yeah, it is well-written. They're actually having pithy conversations with each other, where they're yes being insulting, but also it's just really um, clever. So they, yeah, she says toe pick a bunch when every time he falls over, and it gets oh, yeah. higher every time. <laughs> she has like a voice only dogs can hear. By the time she okay. finishes saying, To pick," <laughs> but anyway, so she they play hockey. Well, first he says he's like putting a uh, like tape on his hockey puck. Or his hockey stick? Yeah. She says, like, she's reading and he says, uh, what are you doing or whatever? And she says, reading. And he says, a book. And she's like, that's the generally accepted format. And I was like, yeah. not anymore. Yeah. no, it's <laughs> <laughs> like your phone or whatever. That's the generally accepted format. But she asked, you went to college. What was the last thing you read? And he said it was his letter saying that he couldn't, he was kicked out of school. He lost he his scholarship anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then she's like, well you went to high school and he's like I didn't have to read anything because except like the scoreboard and she's like and people were okay with that and he's like I was a god people revered me or whatever and uh he talks about how or actually she said that's a sad commentary on our times which I say about everything (laughs) still even after all this time I say that that is a tragic commentary on our times and then he says that at the state finals or whatever 10,000 people carried him off the, <laughs> I, mean, I know it's not that, but like carried him off the ice and it took least two hours to break it up or something. And then she asks him, what do you plan to do when his gladiating days are over? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. He said something about how he wants to see her play hockey and uh, she says anytime or whatever. So they start playing hockey and she's mad because she can't beat him. She, yeah, because she, she was better
2: at him than skate at skating. And so right. now he's showing her, here's my
1: strength yeah he is very good at hockey obviously I mean he would have been in the Olympics otherwise but she can't she can't keep up and so she hits the the puck really hard and it hits him in the face and the next scene they're at the hospital and she's talking to the coach and she's like it's his fault he's like one of those people who tells someone to punch them in the stomach as hard as they can I I don't I shouldn't even care like I'm sitting here sounding like I'm guilty or something and he's like "Is, is not guilt and she's like see at least we agree and he says it's fear And uh, she's like, what do you mean? Or whatever. And he says that he's finally, or she's finally better match. Yes. And then he comes out and his whole face is bandaged up. She's freaking out and he takes it off and says toe pick just to like kind of get it back at her because he's really, he's got a few stitches, but that's it. Yeah. And a black eye.
0: Toe pick. Yeah.
1: And then then he laughs and the coach laughs and she gets mad and leaves. (laughs) Again, more skating. Christmas, he gives her Bobby Hole's game sweater and she doesn't know who that is. And to be fair, I also don't know who that is.
2: She goes, an old shirt.
1: <laughs> an old shirt. <laughs> but he does give it to her And then he tries to take it back and she won't give it to him. And she sounds British during this conversation. Is she British? Which is maybe
2: very Eastern. She's all no, I like it.
1: <laughs> it's weird with that. Oh yeah. That's true. During that whole part.
2: Oh, and then she gives him a gift, which is uh, great expectations.
1: Oh, yes. Great expectations. And then she says, cause he said, yes, Doug can read back at the part where they were talking about college. And she says it was either great expectations or curious George plays hockey. She took a chance. I was like, I would have rather had curious George plays hockey. <laughs> that sounds great.
2: <laughs> but I think that this is like the first time where they're kind of being friends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I
1: think that they both recognize that they're you what know is the this? same kind of person. So oh, and he walks in on her
2: when she's like half naked, and he's like, yeah. "I've seen it before," and she's like, "What?"
1: He says, "I handle this kind of stuff all the time." <laughs> like I was like, "What?" Like, Talking so about well. a doctor, like a he doctor thing or
0: something. He is pretty endearing. He is. Yeah. He's cute. Yeah. At the beginning, Charming. he's just
1: great but he definitely grows on you. She's standing buck naked, brushing her hair in front of a window. What, what is that? <laughs> what
2: is she doing? She's enjoying the nature around her.
1: I Just have never my wife gotten out of a bathtub or something, gone into my bedroom, stood around naked and brushed my hair in front of a window. <laughs> it's like the- You're proposal. missing out, Amber. I know, right? You know, the proposal, that movie with Ryan Reynolds and- Sandra Bullock. Bullock. And you know, like he gets back from his run and he strips naked and goes and stands on his porch. Who does that? It's so weird. These are behaviors that I don't think... Maybe in a laptop. Listen,
0: if I looked like Ryan Reynolds, I would do that. <laughs> You're like, I'm naked yes. all the time. Take a look. That is something more than you. I would be like, listen, at some point, the anesthesia is going to wear off, and I'm going to have to go back to my real life, so I'm going to take this while I have it. <laughs> you know what? Here, Here I am, world.
1: That's awesome. Uh, that's uh, funny, but... Yeah, so she's nakedly brushing her hair in front of a window. So when he comes in, she puts on the towel. And then they have the Christmas present exchange. And after that, they have the next scene. And Evie thought it was a Christmas party. I was like, no, it's a New Year's Eve party. So this is why we're watching this movie. Yes. Because it has a singular New Year's Eve scene. (laughs) And also because it is a romance novel. Oh, it is for sure. But I mean, the reason why we picked it for New Year's is because of this scene. Oh yeah, and when Harry met Sally also has a singular scene that takes place in, on New Year's Eve, but no two. Was together often.
2: When Harry met Sally has two. I watched it the other day. It but anyway, go ahead.
1: I only remember the end
2: one. The first one is when she he just shaved his beard and they're dancing, and then they kiss like awkwardly, and then oh. say, "If remember. you don't have a date next year, then we'll we'll go
1: together." Oh, that's right. Meet me here. We'll go together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I would love that movie. Me too it is problematic like really harry is very problematic but it's so (laughs) clever and well written it's not the point that's not the movie we're talking about so they are having a new year's eve party and she says we usually keep people out of here because he's in her office or something and uh he's like what am i the help and he's like you probably don't recognize me because of my suit or whatever so he tells her he got it for 69.99 which Mike thought was super funny. I guess that's like a guy joke. Yeah, I think that's
2: it's like <laughs> men's fashion warehouse or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm like that was, you know, probably uh, what $150, $200 back then, something like that. 92. I
0: don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know yeah. It was, I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I the mean, dialogue writer, the, whoever like really championed the dialogue writing in this movie did a very good job. Yeah, yeah. it's a
1: funny it's a very funny movie. They're very clever that the, especially the barbs that they have at, at each other are very clever. Yeah. She, he's looking at pictures of her mom and he's, she's on the ice and she's like two earlier when they're practicing and doing their never ending practice montages, he tells the coach, he doesn't even think she likes to skate. And he's like, were you uh when you were a construction worker, did you like doing that job? And he's like, no, I just did it. Cause I had to. And the coach is like, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. So you can tell he's like thinking hard on it, looking at pictures of her, when she was like two, on skates, looks nothing like her. Although it conceivably could be her for all we know, because a lot of times right. they'll put the pictures of the actors or actresses as children in the photo albums and stuff. Then he talks to Hale. This is like the funniest conversation. Oh yeah, Hale comes over, Hale comes over and is talking. Hale is uh is her fiance. Her, it's her boyfriend at the time he said, really sure. when he first talked about him, he says, I bet you look pretty good from a couple thousand miles away. <laughs> That's so rude. I know, it is. <laughs> They're very rude to each other, but in very funny ways. But anyway, yeah. so Hale, Hale comes up and he they start having a peeing contest, basically. Um, and-
0: I honestly, like, during this, I was, one of you, just, will you just start fighting so that we could get yeah. this over with? Yeah, could we, like, throw some punches and stuff <laughs>
2: yeah and then she says that naked male insecurity leaves me cold
1: yeah which is really yes. funny and then they're just standing there silently <laughs> and then he says I, you know I don't like Kate since Kate upset or something And then Doug says well I suggest you invest in some blindfolds or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then Hale starts to laugh and then he stops
0: <laughs> no, oh, geez. Because
1: he knows you know what she's like but he's like oh wait I can't laugh at this <laughs> And then they have their, the you know, everybody is like just making out with everybody at the New Year's Eve party when it's the yes. countdown and everything. What is going on? <laughs> and the old lady kisses him. Yeah, she's like, I can tell she's slipped in some tongue from the face that he makes. At least that's like supposed to be the suggestion that we get. So. He's like, uh, thank you. <laughs> Everyone's seriously making out with Doug. That poor guy. I mean, they're like super handsy. I mean, I guess he... Doesn't seem to mind, but it's weird. Then they run into each other, and it's the picture that was on the front cover of the DVD or the uh, VHS. Oh yeah, they're holding the sparklers. Yeah, they're holding the sparklers and looking at each other, and then she kisses him on the cheek. Or- but
2: they what? do the eyes to the lips to the eyes to the lips thing first. So, oh, yeah, well, building course,
0: tension because every book has to have that moment. Yes, the almost kiss where he looks at her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> And she notices that, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because I have horrible attentional issues, but I am never that aware of where someone is looking at my body. No, me neither.
1: (laughs) But sometimes you get the vibe that somebody's going to kiss you. I mean, to be fair, there are three people in this group right now who all have ADHD. ADHD. (laughs) Yes. You know, we're probably Ah. not necessarily always aware of our... Fair.
2: There was a guy I dated, or whatever... I knew he wanted to kiss me like at an hour and a half or something before he did. So, but I don't know where that came from. So maybe it's
1: similar to that. I don't know. vibe. That's- I guess. So he's going to go home and visit his family and she comes in and brings them the tape and it's our wrapped. greatest hits. Their greatest yes. hits that he can show his family. And she realizes that he hasn't even told his family about nationals. She doesn't realize he hasn't told his family anything. As far as yeah. I can tell, the only family he has is his brother, but Anyway, when she comes into the room, she says it's different because Brian had mirrors on the ceiling. And I'm sure we're supposed to like make something of that, but.
2: (laughs) He he had mirrors everywhere.
1: I think he just liked to look at himself. Oh my gosh. Did you see what I wrote about Finn?
2: Oh, that was hilarious.
1: Jennifer, this is so funny. Finn got a a mirror from his cousin for Christmas, like a cool mirror. Oh, that's cool. And he said, oh, thanks. I do love to look at myself. (laughs) Oh, I love that.
2: i think there should just be a reality show where it's just finn all finn all the time so,
1: all the everything finn says is hilarious unless he's just being insane sometimes he's just super rude and nuts but he says yeah, the best so funny, funny stuff is hilarious but anyway yeah so brian and finn are of a type (laughs) they like to look (laughs) at themselves but he has a picture of himself smelling the ice and she's like what's going on and he said you know he told someone that he loved the smell of the ice and it just became this thing and she's like i never thought about it and he says well you know i'm not surprised i'm not surprised and she's like what does that mean and he says you know if you love to skate you'd be even better then she starts fighting with him and she's like i came in here to give you this video or something and you're just harassing me and he's like you brought it up and she's like no i didn't he's like yes you did and then this goes on for like two minutes and she says that they got a hotel room for nationals which is in chicago i think yes it's my kind of town she says that they can stay at the hotel suites with them or whatever and that's when she realized he hasn't told his family and he says he's going to tell them right away and even though i know he's being paid well to be there he takes a greyhound bus to visit his family
0: because the movie needs to show their their difference in social status. Yeah, I guess. But he's wearing uh, yeah. like a super
1: nice coat and super nice clothes. So you can tell that he's, at least he's like changed that. And everyone's, he comes in and everyone thinks he's back from the, is it the Merchant Marine? Because I always thought it was the Merchant Marines. Well, he is a Merchant Marine. Yeah, but they say he's back from the Merchant Marine. And then he's like, I didn't join the Merchant Marine. Oh, I didn't I hear was, that. I don't um, well, I had a, I had closed captioning on. Yeah, but maybe, I mean, it, was, maybe it was a closed captioning fault or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, he tells he tries to whisper to his brother that he didn't join the Merchant Marines. And then he's like, what, what have you what been, have doing, you been doing? doing? I've been doing a little figure skating. <laughs> Someone's all finger painting. <laughs> finger painting.
0: I, I, okay, I have to say this was a little much for me. I'm like, okay, guys, it is <laughs> 1992. The United States at this moment is good at three things two of which take place on ice one of which he can't do anymore come on people like <laughs> I just think they
1: think it's girly well that is really demonstrated when he goes and talks to his brother who's like this conversation is ridiculous that would never fly nowadays I mean like, he is- acts like the brother acts like he just told him that he's a drag queen yeah but I think
2: he's not serious that's the only thing that well, I think he's better. not
1: serious by the end, but I think uh, he is serious at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I don't know. But I think it just shows why he didn't tell them.
1: Yeah, yeah. obviously he had a good reason.
0: And he's I like, think do they make
1: you shave your legs? That's when I think he was kidding.
0: Well, I think that it also sets up some analogous sure. experiences where her family, her father, doesn't understand her and what she needs. And I think that this sets up where he also yeah. is like, They love him and they support him, which she doesn't get. No. Similar to her, they don't really share his understanding and like relationship with with his sport.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. What I mean exactly is that they're both an island. Like they think a certain way that is so different from the way everyone else thinks. Yeah. Or at the very least everyone that they know, that it makes a lot of sense to me that they're drawn to each other because they are essentially the same person. (laughs)
2: <laughs> just in it from different backgrounds well and they're both tolerant of each other's intensity right. right because they're the same way
1: okay so they go to nationals they do really well and then they do really well in the long program too so they qualify for nationals she introduces while they're on the ice everybody that you know from the skating world the Wiederman twins and so she meets Brian the old the, as he calls him the ex-husband and Lori Pekarovsky, which is he calls the new wife and she has
0: like the
1: biggest 90s hair.
0: Oh, this was like, this hair brought me back. This yeah, hair was like, hair. I was like, oh man. Hair done for Jesus. It is huge. Her, hair done her for bangs. Jesus, for Buddha, for Ahura Mazda, for Isis, Osiris, and Gilgamesh. I mean, like, hair done of that hair. Like, her hair
2: was exactly my bangs. I mean, our bangs were the same when I was in that year. Yeah. I had that yeah. same exact thing.
0: It's and- only
1: like a slice of that time period for sure. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Freaking Motley Crue's side piece here was not working out for <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> Rolling around on the top of White Snake's car. I already. mean, literally like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had some huge hair.
0: Homegirl, so did, more- more- homegirl did enough jazzercise for all of us. <laughs> I thought the hair
2: was interesting throughout, but the I felt like th- the moment where they were rehearsing on the ice, Again, I'm saying rehearsing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, on the ice, and they meet Pekarovsky and Brian. Brian.
1: Yeah, I don't know what Brian's and, name And right.
2: he leers at DB Sweeney, although oh, was it was relatively subtle.
0: They
1: both stare at DB Sweeney, A, like he's a piece of meat. Oh, yeah, and 100%. B, I know lots of gay people, lots of them, and they don't just eye people like that. No it's so weird i'm like you just think it just goes back to the time period where people thought that gay people were attracted to anyone right and would like if they were attracted to someone they would be like really weird and like gross about it it's so strange
0: it's because deep you know down what? inside, men were afraid that other men would treat them the way that they treated women
1: oh my god that is profound it is but I- that probably is what it
0: is wow
1: uh- I also
2: think though in the skating world that almost everyone was gay. is kind of like ballet. Yeah. So they felt more comfortable even back in the nineties. And I have a brother who's gay who actually is like that. Really? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Connor's well, just okay. like All
1: that. The, I, I have to admit that, that the gay people I spend the most time with are, are a couple of my kids and they are both not that kind of person. So.
2: Well, and I mean, my brother's 22, 23, I guess, but he uh-huh. is very much like, he's very obvious if he likes somebody, I mean, yeah. I don't know. man. He's very flamboyant like that. So I don't know. Maybe but, it would be,
1: Maybe it but would I, be really I thought I that have... moment didn't age well. No, not at all. That was the only, yeah. the only times where I really thought it did, really did not age well was Brian and the part where the coach is like really disdainful of her strong personality. He's being really weirdly overtly gay and he and, and, and Lori are looking at him like he's a piece of meat at the same time. And he looks so disgusted. <laughs> Now, he looks bird. like
2: stunned, like he could, he can't even imagine that a man would like a man.
1: Yeah, it's so weird. You're an ice skater, dude.
2: <laughs> well, but he has never been. So, this is like yeah, the introduction true. to the. I'm sure no one in hockey was out at that oh, time. I'm sure.
1: I am sure hockey is a man sport. Yeah. They do really well in the short program. They do really well in the long program after the long program. Oh, oh, right before the long program, she's mad because he won't take a nap. And he's like hanging out with Lori Pekarowski, who's wearing this jacket that looks like the jacket we all had in the eighth grade.
2: Yes! <laughs> the puffy one, like the jogging with pants, the weird, like pink geometric symbols on it. Well, and it was like crunchy. So yeah. like when you walk, it would make noise.
1: And she has like massive bangs and a side ponytail. <laughs> oh, totes! She's so like late eighties. Oh my gosh! And remember how we thought we were like so cool in the, in the early nineties? Like we were so oh, different from the eighties, hundred percent, one hundred percent the same. But for some reason, we thought we were like much cooler. So she's mad when she gets off when he gets off the elevator, and he sees she sees him with Lori, and she's with Hale. And when did when did she get engaged to Hale? Oh, just. as to- at some point, she
2: got engaged to Hale. I think it was at Nationals, like they're having lunch or something. Yeah, but doesn't she breaks up with him there, too? Oh, then I don't know where. But you're right. At, it was right before Nationals.
1: It, at some point, she got engaged to Hale. Her old coach shows up to the ring. Oh, yeah. And he's super insulting to her. Oh, he's nagging her
2: all over the place. He and treats then her like she, garbage. And then he's like, why are you dancing with, I mean skating with this this hockey player you know you should have retired so that you're not like you Going know humiliated and-, and, yeah. and then she totally defends him
0: and
1: I wondered myself because I was talking to Evie about it and I wonder if she really believes what she's saying or she just wants the coach to believe what she's saying I think both yeah
2: I think because she's finally gotten to the point where she's like yeah this is the guy yeah not
1: for her I mean, but you know for the this sk- yeah so she goes over to him at that point and is like, you better not let me down or something. She's like, I'll leave blade marks on your back. And then he's yeah. like, tells her to take off her engagement ring because it's cutting his hand.
2: But that's uh, the of course, it's not a lot He easier. wants her to take
1: it off. Yeah.
2: So they do the long program. They're in third place going into the long program. They do really well, but remember oh, but the scoring isn't good. Yeah. So they do low scores. And, you know, back in the day before they changed the scoring system, the international olympic committee or whatever changed how skating is scored they used to be very almost arbitrary like they would just choose who yeah. was going to win beforehand yeah, and if you didn't really fall did. on your face you were going to win you know if you were the one they chose and so they really yeah, they scored them. They, so before the long program she sees him flirting with Lori Pekarovsky, and she's super mad about it because she wants him to take a nap.
1: I started to I started to talk about that Lori Pekarovsky, and so she goes upstairs with Hale and she's really mad because Doug's not taking a nap but really she's just mad because she's jealous. She's looking all over she can't find her lucky earring and uh, she's like he's supposed to be taking a nap and he's supposed to like relax or whatever and Hale's like like you are And then she's like, that's not the same thing. She gives him a dirty look and then she tells him to leave and get his own room. (laughs) He tries to give her the earring and she like tries to grab it and he pulls it back. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I'd be so mad if my boyfriend did that. Especially when I was was older before.
0: Did not like Hale at all. No. no. And I know that like we're really not supposed to, but I was like, I couldn't even see why, other than like uh, for other people's benefit, why they were together. (laughs) <laughs> she's all Evie was all um
1: that's her boyfriend I he looks about 2000 <laughs> I was like well he does look older than her I don't think well he, is, uh, so quite accurate, he but. is
2: 10 years older in real life than DB Sweeney so he was 17 years older than her
1: oh wow yeah so Evie's right he does look old then she stats the earring and then he's like you're falling for him or whatever and she's like you've seen us together that's ridiculous or whatever and he says it's like foreplay and then and then uh they break up. I don't remember yeah. exactly how they break up. but And they then break when up. they're
2: heading to the long program, DB Sweeney's like, where's kale? And he, Oh, he's, he's not going to be here. He had to go to the office or whatever. So he still doesn't know they broke up.
1: Yeah. He has no idea. And then they do really well in the long program too, but then they don't, they get low scores and they, Wiederman twins, the woman gets her arms stuck in his Lederhosen, um, which is just a tragic German sex accident that happens all the time. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that means they qualify. For- then they go, yeah, they qualify for the Olympics because the Wiederman twins fail and they go to drink and, and, and this is a woman who's never drunk. She told him at the New Year's Eve party that she's never had a drink. Ever in her life and she has like i don't know six tequila shots
2: which and she weighs like 90 pounds
0: I, in- if i may insanely drunk this is an area where i uh i can i can speak where the with, mormons have with, no experience yes go ahead speak with I some degree of authority <laughs> um i you know dear listener i well, you know am and am what i like to call an equal opportunity consumer You know, I believe in trying every and all things of of this beautiful earth within reason. I am also, uh, shall we say, not exactly at figure skating body size. Yes. (laughs) If I did six tequila shots in the amount of time that we are to believe that she does, I would be in a hospital. Yeah, for real. She (laughs) would have alcohol (laughs) poisoning. That's what we were saying. Like, she is five foot four. Yeah,
1: she's tiny. And she never drank before. It's like six tequila shots. And she's still standing. Yeah, It would be
0: nap time for Jennifer for a very long time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, a dirt nap. nap. (laughs) (laughs) A dirt nap. (laughs) So he takes her up to her room because she's like super drunk. And then she says did you ever play with magnets when you were a kid when he's like trying to take her like jacket off and stuff and he doesn't even know what she's talking about and she's like you know they repel each other until you flip them over and then they like stick to each other she says all we needed was a little flip Sorry. i have to say
0: even though she is loaded her drunk metaphors pretty yeah, on point a, yeah that's a pretty, pretty on metaphor. point. <laughs> yeah yeah my
1: my drunk metaphors were never that good <laughs> she's clearly hitting on him and he's like come on what about Hale or whatever and she's like we broke up with each other and then she just says flip and she's like trying to get him to sleep with her and he's like you are drunk and this is like you know weird and no and then she's super offended, and her feelings are hurt so she kicks him out and he goes back to his hotel room and is lying there drinking profusely when Lori Pekarovsky, with like the most hair anyone ever had comes to his hotel room holding a, a flower. And she says that she really admires his sit <laughs> Oh yeah. She's like, let's a, trade tips. Which is a, a, a pickup line I can't say I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a new one on me. So in the morning, Kate wakes up. Of course, she's super hungover and she puts on sunglasses, leaves her room. I don't know where she's going. She locked herself out of her room. So she goes to Doug's room and Lori answers. And she's like, isn't it early for practice? And then she's like, oh, I must have the wrong room. And then Doug comes out in a towel and is like, uh, tell him we need more towels or whatever. I don't know why they need more towels. (laughs) Apparently they need more towels. She's horrified.
2: He rejected her and then went
0: and had sex with the enemy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally like, I mean, I get that he was also heavily intoxicated, but I was also, I totally was like, yeah, yeah, yep her feelings there may not be a resolution to this situation that she's gonna like but her feelings are absolutely justified 100 percent. i agree
1: that they are justified but i also don't think he was particularly out of line like they don't have a relationship
0: no no, no i don't think he was out of line i just think that like i get her feelings
1: why well, she would be upset about it yeah yeah and then they get on the. she he follows her onto the elevator while he's wearing a towel He's like, you know, you were engaged to Hale until last night. You were super drunk. And he's like, been treating me like garbage basically for like a year, two years, and you, or uh, a year and a half, something like that. Now, like, you want me to switch gears that fast, but I can't switch gears that fast. And then they get downstairs and she's like, just get out of my way when the elevator door opens. And he's all, no problem. I've been practicing that move for a year and a half. He turns around and he's just wearing a towel in an elevator and there's all these tourists there. And he's like, blind date. <laughs> That's just the most ridiculous thing to say. I, I, I,
0: and I think that he was incredibly endearing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think he was very valid in that, that elevator discussion.
0: I think everything he said totally
1: made sense. And, you know, the fact that he clearly cares about consent way before consent was like something that anybody talked about. Well,
0: right. I mean, a, a movie, any other movie produced that time period would have had them waking up together. For sure. And the comedy and would have, have been out from the, awkward, yeah. the awkward morning after.
1: Yeah. They go to home to practice for, for the Olympics. And of course, they're very mad at each other. And then Anton Pemchenko has this crazed move that he wants them to do because there's a Soviet power couple who apparently nobody can beat. But in order for this move to work, they have to trust each other implicitly, which trust is like a big issue for her. And you have to 100% let yourself go. Or you get hurt, which is also something she's not good at. I thought it was funny because they're practicing this move and it involves, I mean, I won't even try to explain it for the listener. You should probably just go watch it. But it involves her being like spun around with her head getting really close to them. Yeah. She's going to get a head injury for real. But
2: every time. She should have been wearing a helmet while they were practicing for sure. Every time
1: that she falls, it's hilarious because he like just let her go. Like, it's not like she slipped. He just like threw her. It's so weird, and I know it's supposed to be an accident that she fell or whatever. But if you watch, he's just letting her go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like,
1: Goodbye. <laughs> they're learning this complicated move, and they're mad at each other, so they're not getting along. They learn this move, but she decides to take it out, and they go to the Olympics, which is where France.
2: Yeah, so it's it's in France, and they do the short program, and this is well, the button situation. Down, but before the short
1: program, he doesn't want his button button on the top of his shirt yeah and she's like really angry with him about it and they get in a big argument which of course isn't really about the button you know they're still having problems he refuses to button it when he go when they go out on the ice he says that if that button meant the difference between like a long satisfying life and a cold horrible death that he still wouldn't give her the satisfaction <laughs> and so they do their Short of program and everybody's like well it was really good but it was like technically superior or whatever but it was like really cold and not good which you know is true they were very mad at each other the yeah, whole they time. said
2: of it was like they-, they were two strangers
1: on the ice and of course they skate very well because the way that they deal with being angry at each other is to perform really well so they go to the house and they're all having a fight and the dad is yelling at doug for not buttoning his shirt and doug's like you people are all excuses and the coach is mad he's like i'm babysitting these two yada yada and then doug says something about how he he watched all the videos of calgary and that it was her fault he says you know you've been looking for a go-to guy but you know you really should have been looking for a go-to girl and they're all yelling at each other and then she's like he's right they all turn and look at her and she's all, no, seriously, he's right. I've been like really awful and yada, yada. And it's my fault. And he's feeling bad about everything. And she says to him, you came every day and you skated. This must've been like a nightmare for you. Then he feels bad <laughs> and he goes off as she leaves. She says, excuse me or whatever. And she's crying and she leaves. And then he goes for a walk, which is what all heroes and in, in, you know, romantic movies do when they have their dark moment <laughs> well, they Then have they have,
2: have a montage feeling. where they're alone and sad
1: <laughs> yeah and she sits in the window in her Bobby hole jersey nakedly yes. brushing her hair no that was earlier <laughs> then it goes to the next day and all of her luggage is packed and he comes downstairs and he's like what are you doing and she's like oh i'm going to drive over with my dad you can leave with uh the uh, with the coach he's like no i mean what what's with all the She's like, I'm leaving right after the performance, but it's, the bill is like paid up for two weeks and you can stay if you want to. And he's like, what are you talking about? And uh, she's like, I'm going to retire. You know, you won't have any problem getting a new partner. She won't have my uh, slap shot or whatever from when she hit him in the face. And she's like, but you'll do all right. And, and he's obviously very upset, but she leaves. And then they, when they meet up again at the Olympic place, they're both just being silent and weird and they both are you can tell freaking out and she's announced her retirement or something
2: oh and after the short program with the button situation she said they took it took out the pamchenko move to the reporter
1: oh yeah she said it to the reporter as they're getting off the ice
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so they're like walking around silently in the back and then the coach comes and says he would love to see them skate the, the for those other people the way that he's seen them skate and then he's kind of talked to her I can't remember what he says, but she's like, I don't want to fight anymore. And he's all, no, well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to fight anymore. And he's like, saying all these hockey terms to her? <laughs> I don't know. He said something like, I can't. Oh, yeah. It. He's
2: like, he's, if I keep moving and checking or
1: something. Yeah. And that I'll get, that I'll get away from me or something. And then he says somewhere in the midst of all of this, that, that he fell in love with her and she's like freaking out. Everyone keeps trying to get them to go on the ice and he's like. I, I'm saying that I love you. I'm saying it out loud. The guy, the coach is like all freaked out. <laughs> Not their coach, but like the the guy who's leading people onto the the ice. Then she says, in response, she says that they're doing the move. He's like, no, it's too dangerous or whatever. He's like, do you think I'm telling you this to get like a program out of you? And he says, it's too dangerous. And she's like, then we agree. We're putting it in or whatever. And she goes out on the ice. And then he's like, you know, what difference does it make? She says the the, the difference is that I'm in the mood to kick a little butt. And they do amazingly well, of course. And at the end, when they're in the like dip position, she says that she loves him too. And and he
2: says, he, he says, he says, you didn't have to. And she goes, yes, I did. And he said, Why? And she goes, because I love you.
1: And then he says, which I think is one of the best lines of this entire movie, actually. He says, just remember who said it first. Yeah. (laughs) Which just like harkens back to their Who's better at everything? Like, you know, who's first at everything? And so I actually really enjoyed that, that he says that. And then that's the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. I thought it was corny as all get out, but I was totally here for it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I loved it. I was like, don't care. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a delight because it just shows that
1: they're still like competing with each other, even, you know, at the very end. It's a delight.
0: Well, I liked too that it was (laughs) like, instead of the typical, well, yes, you woman have had your fun. Now it's time for you to settle down and stop having a career and whatever. (laughs) I liked it. He was like, what the hell are you talking about? You're literally at the top of your game. You're not quitting. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I, like, I, I don't
2: want a different partner. <laughs> I didn't feel like she had to give anything up
1: to be in a relationship with him. No, no.
0: And I don't feel like he had to either. No.
1: That's true, no, yeah. That's These are two people who actually belong together, which is not what you see in most movies. Like My Best Friend's Wedding, no one should be marrying anyone in that movie. Totally. Those Ugh. people do not belong together. Either any of them, none of them do. And there's a lot of, a lot of movies like that. But in this one, I felt like they're equally
0: matched thank you friends for tuning in for another episode of categorically insane and thank you jess for joining us Yay, so fun Woo-hoo! i loved it oh uh, we had so much fun it is fun. Uh, and be sure to join us next time where we head back to the annals of harlequin romance history and we will see you next time happy new year everybody bye-bye honey's happy new year thank you for joining us for another episode of categorically insane if you'd like
1: to find us or see the covers of the books that we're reading we are at categorically insane at gmail.com categorically p as in pod on twitter at categorically insane one word on instagram and at categorically insane two words on facebook please follow us review us and share us to help us get off
2: the ground as a brand new podcast thanks